You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. It has been so amazing. Everybody, it's amazing to me how God aligns things um, when nobody talks. Doesn't that like amaze you? It's not like we sat around and we were like, oh, I'm gonna use this scripture and I'm gonna use this scripture and you do too. And God just puts all that stuff together. He just aligns it so amazingly. So I know you guys are tired. I'm gonna try to bring some some energy to get us through to the end. God has given me something very specific for this time and he actually completely rewrote my message. So I had written an entire message about good and, um, and then I just never felt like it was what I needed to talk to you about, what God wanted to share with you. So Monday at 11.01 p.m., he was like, pachoom, and I was like, and I sat down and I started typing. Anyway, I wanna introduce you um, to me really quickly. I know I just gave you who I am, but if you'll put that first slide up, Jess. This is my family. So um, as you can see, Luke, the amazing young man right here is my... He's my youngest son. He is a junior at Anderson University and he's um, just the coolest. You guys should talk to him. He is so fun to talk to. Um, And then Gabriel, as you can tell, is being very honoring of his mother by standing beside me. And who knows what he's blowing in my ear. Um, But that is my oldest son and he is married to Ellie Pecoraro who is sitting down there. And then you can see my daughter's having the time of her life. She's so happy to be here. And yes, somebody said something about enjoy raising your children. Remind your, Lynette, you said that. They're a gift from God. I'm like, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. My 12-year-old daughter is a gift. Yes, she is. Um, I have to remind myself for real though, 12 is tough. So I'll take all the 12-year-old advice you guys have. Um, And then I like to call Tim. He looks like he's kind of making the funniest face. Um, But he's my holy hottie. We've been married for almost 25 years too. Next year, I think will be 25 years. So there's one big thing that we have, an update in the Pecoraro household. So if you'll move that next slide. If you guys did not know, we're gonna have a little mini Pecoraro not running around in March of 2023, but coming onto the scene. So we could not be more excited about that. Um, And that's me in a nutshell. This is my why, these are my people. Um, It's what gets me up in the morning. It's what keeps me excited. It's what reminds me every day that it's worth it to get up and do the hard stuff. So I'm gonna dive right in. And I have a question for you guys. How many of you really like, would love to see a miracle? How many of you have ever seen a miracle? I'm not talking like, and I know we see miracles every day. Like I understand that God does miracles every day. I'm talking like a big fat miracle, like a leg growing out like a leg growing out, like an arm extending. Um, I'm Pastor Jeremy getting hair. (laughs) Like I'm talking like that kind, I'm just saying, he says all the time, we could pray for that. (laughs) 
But one of the things I've been praying for for years, if you know me, you know that I legitimately have really bad eyesight. Um, I have cataracts in both of my eyes, so it's no joke. When I say I can't see something, I really can't see it at all. Um, If you wave at me and I don't wave back, I just cannot see you. But one of the things that I've been praying for for years is that God would heal my eyes. I'm like, God, I know you can heal my eyes. And we have this conversation going back and forth. So a couple of weeks ago, it was a Saturday, and um, I wear contacts, so I put my contacts in, and my right eye, it just never settled. So if you wear contacts, you put them in, they get settled, they're good to go. And my right eye just stayed completely fuzzy for an hour, an hour and a half or so, and I was like, what is going on with my right eye? I don't understand. And so I kept like messing with it, and I would put drops in it, and then that wouldn't make it better because usually it does. And um, Anyway, so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the bathroom and I'm just gonna see what happens when I take my contact out. So I go in the bathroom, I take my contact out and y'all, I could see. I'm like, what is going on? Oh my gosh, I think God might be healing my eyes. So I was very excited. And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna tell anybody. I'm not gonna tell anybody right now because I wanna be sure that my eyes are healed before I go and I start telling people that God is healing my eyes. What is this gonna be like, God? Are you gonna drop the cataract out of my eye? Am I gonna be able to feel it? Is it gonna melt away? Like, what is it gonna be like? I don't even care. You just do you and I'll be super excited. So I sent my sister a text. So if you'll show, Anita craziest thing. I took my contact out and can see as good, that's supposed to be if, if something, when it was in. I'm like, God, are you healing my eyes? That's why it was blurry. It wasn't working because I don't need it. What? She's the best sister. That's incredible, sister. God is so good. Don't know if it's a fluke or what, but I'm believing for a miracle. (laughs) Next slide. Me too. You don't have two contacts in, possibly? I'm like, no, one. I just have one in, I just took it out. Left eye only. So I showed her this picture because this little frame sits in my bathroom and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. So the rest of the day, I like go the whole day and I'm doing this the whole day. I'm walking around. I'm like, oh my God, I can see that. I can see that. I told my husband who's taking a shower, I'm like, him. God's healing my eyes. I just want you to know he is healing my eyes. Okay. Let's just don't talk about it anymore. (laughs) So then go that night, we go to the soccer game for triumph. I'm sitting there on the field and I start, my eye starts feeling kind of weird. Left eye. I'm like, this is it. This is a big one. It's coming out. Cataract's coming out right here at the soccer tournament. So I'm super excited. Well, the feeling never went away. So I get home and if you wear contacts, you know that you can see contacts in somebody's eye. It's not difficult. Like if they shift their eye to the side, you can actually see like the the roundness of the contact. So I took my left contact out and I was like, there's no way I had two contacts in my eye. And I leaned up to the mirror and I looked and I was like, I had two contacts in my eye. (laughs) How do you put two contacts in the same eye? I don't know. So move to the next slide. Next day, I'm a super dork. (laughs) 
Because I put two contacts in the same eye and I have no idea how that happened. So God hasn't yet started healing my eyes. Andrew's laughing at you. (laughs) I asked you that. Me too. So God hasn't started healing my eyes yet. And he very well may make me go through the process of having cataract surgery, and that's fine. But God is faithful, guys. So I know that's a silly story, but there's very real reason that I tell you that story. Because my eye journey, not being able to see, I use my eyes for everything, for driving. I work on a computer, I sit in front of a computer screen. I have to, to look at detail and, and I work, I'm in, in marketing, so it's a creative industry. So I need to see things really clearly. And this is getting in my way with my cheaters. But I realized that my eye journey had left me weary. And when you combine that with the pace of life, with kids, with school, with marriage, with finances, I recognized earlier this year that I was actually in a season of burnout or weariness. And the one thing that I'm learning is that it does not matter how long you have had a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're gonna go through seasons of weariness. So let me define weary for you. It is a feeling of showing tiredness, especially as a result of excessive exertion or lack of sleep. And now I'm not talking about maybe physical exertion like an athlete does, and I'm definitely not talking about sleep deprivation if you just binge watched Stranger Things or whatever it may be, Yellowstone. I'm actually talking about a weariness that is in your soul a weariness that when you lay down at night that you are so, your bones are tired. Your mind is tired. And I think with the way that the world has been, especially over the last two years, that there has been a lot of this happening. So I think in this room today, there's probably women who are very weary. And that you're weary from life. You may be weary from sickness. You may be weary in your marriage. You may be weary from being a child, especially if you're in the season of life that I am in where your parents are getting older and you're learning a lot about what that looks like. And maybe it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. You may be weary of being a mom, weary of politics, weary of the economy. You could be weary of words. You could be weary of death. You could be weary of repeated patterns, weary of having to wait, weary of failing, weary of trying again and again. And that's what God said on Monday night at 11.01, is Amy, there's gonna be a room full of weary women and I need you to talk to them for me. So that's what I'm doing. But I wanna encourage you in your season of weariness because we will have seasons of weariness in our life, but we can get through weary so that we can hear well done, good and faithful servant. So two things I wanna tell you. It's important to know that I can't tell you what weary is for you, just like you can't tell me what weary is for me. Weary is gonna look different for everyone. 
And the next thing you need to know is God is not afraid of our weariness. He's not angry that we feel this way. He's not disappointed that we feel this way. We live in a fallen world and he knows it. So that made me start thinking about some of the Bible characters, the heroes of the Bible that we love and these people who had experienced and had to have known weary. And then I started thinking, well, their weary has to be way worse than what our weary was because we have toilet paper, toilets, Starbucks. I'm like, that had to be a much worse weariness than what we feel. And the people that came to my mind, the stories, the heroes, the woman at the well, she was weary. I believe Gideon was weary. Moses had to have dealt with weariness. Samson was weary. Mary, Jesus' mother, was weary. The blind man that Jesus healed had to have been weary. The parent of the man that was possessed by a legion of demons. Can you imagine how incredibly wearying that would have been? The man himself. Daniel was weary, David was weary, Deborah was weary, Abraham was weary, Jesus was weary. So we're gonna look at a story. This is a true story, and this is what I want you guys to remember. These are not fairy tales in the Bible. These are real stories that happen, and they're there so that they can encourage us. This story, true story, made it into three of the Gospels. It's a story about an individual who, in my mind, she had to be one of the weariest people in the Bible. So if you wanna follow along, it's Mark 5, 25 through 34, and it says this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She'd suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman who was trembling at the realization of what had happened came and she fell to her knees in front of him and she told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I believe this woman was weary. She was unclean. And in that day, being unclean was, you were an outcast. 
And I think it's hard for us to wrap our minds around what that actually would have been like, what that would have felt like. To be unclean for 12 years means that more than likely she had a husband. More than likely that husband divorced her. And this was in the research that I did when I was reading about this woman. He divorced her and he would have paid her, there was a a $200 something, whatever the currency of that day was. And that's all that she would have had. Because she was unclean, she couldn't have gotten a job. She had no friends. She had no home. She had no bed. She had no one that would invite her into their home so that she could have someone to just talk to. She was unclean. People would have known that she was unclean. They would have ran in the opposite direction. She had no children. So she had no one who was gonna take care of her. The reason that they wanted to have sons was so that they would have someone to take care of them as they age. She had none of this. Do you think she was weary? She was weary. She was exhausted. She was tired. She was weary. And I wonder how many of you right here are feeling weary that there's something in this story that you can identify with. And you know what? She was alone. So what can we pull from this story to help us walk through weary so that we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant? I think the first thing that we can pull from this story is don't lose hope. Hope is defined as a feeling of expectation for something to happen. This unnamed woman still had a sliver of hope. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I can remember a Bible study that I was in years ago. And is Baba, are you still here? Anyway, there's baby. Yes, she's right there. We were at the same church, and it was a Bible study. Her name was Margie. And this impacted my life. At the end of the Bible study, the very end of the Bible study, the last night, it was the last 10 minutes. She, she, and she is such an incredible woman of God, and she is sobbing. She is sobbing, and she goes, Where can I go? Where can I go? I know too much. And what if tomorrow is the day that the thing I need right now happens? What if it happens tomorrow? I believe this woman in my heart, I think that's what she thought. I don't know if she enjoyed getting up in the morning, but I believe that she still had hope. And when she opened her eyes, at some point she would go, what if today's the day? Oh, I made it. Did I make it? What if it's today? What what if it's tomorrow? She still had hope. The next thing, she took action and she went to Jesus. She did not wait for Jesus to find her. And y'all, that required an enormous amount of guts. Don't you think that required an enormous amount of guts? 
She was in a crowd of people who had shunned her for years. I don't like walking into a room where I don't know anyone. For 12 years. And she makes the decision in her gutsy mind, I'm gonna go to Jesus. One of the commentaries that I read talked about the fact that Jesus actually went and he would call the disciples and he would go, hey, you follow me. And then he, hey, John, you follow me, you follow me. This woman didn't wait for an invitation. She went to Jesus. She went to Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I found this additional commentary on this woman, and it says this, she had sought physician's advice. They gave her one thing after another to no avail. Chances are at the same time that her resources dried up, the doctors had no more advice and considered her incurable. When she heard people speak of the power of Christ, she believed and began to hope again for an ultimate cure. If she could just get to him. She'd been in hiding so long that she felt she couldn't just go up to him and talk to him. She was embarrassed and needed as private a cure as she could get. She devised a plan. If she could just touch his clothing for a second. She pushed her way through the crowd, a crowd that could, not, that could turn on her if they realized that she was that woman, the one with the issue of blood, but she pushed through anyway. She was desperate. She got to touch his garment and instantly the blood stopped and she felt perfectly well. But she couldn't remain anonymous as she wanted. Her feeling of triumph gave way to fear and trembling. What would he do to her? She fell at his feet and humbly explained what she had done. And his response wasn't anger. It was delight at her extreme faith. She took action and she went to Jesus. The next point is be strengthened by his word. Psalms 119.28 says, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. There would have been no Bibles at this time. And it talks about that she heard about Jesus. I just wonder if she had been following him around and she had been listening to him. And she knew and she realized that if she could just get close enough to this man who was so different than anyone that she had ever seen before, that it would be what she needed. We've already talked about this weekend how important it is for you to know the word. And it is. Because you can't combat life, you can't combat the difficulties if you don't know the word. And it's our responsibility to learn it. And it's been so cool because there's been so many ideas given out, practical ideas for a way that, that you can apply learning the word of God. She was strengthened by his word. The next point, remember what God has done for you. We've talked about this already too. Every single woman in this room has a testimony. 
Every single one of you has a testimony. There's a time where you needed Jesus and he was there. There's a time when you were afraid and alone and Jesus was there. I can remember a time when I had $20 to go to the store when Gabriel and Luke were growing up for groceries. And by golly, I checked out and it was like $18.22. That's God. You remember the stories. Remember them. When you are weary, when you're tired, remind yourself of those stories. There is great power in your testimony. That is the reason we have a testimony. And the last thing, which is probably my favorite, don't give up. Don't give up. 12 years is 4,380 days. It's 105, 120,000 hours. But she never gave up. I cannot begin to imagine how weary she must have been. How treatment after treatment she would think, maybe this is it, maybe this is the one that's gonna work. And it didn't. But yet she kept hope and she didn't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up. You have a God who sits on a throne and he sings over you that you've been told already. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He is waiting for you to come to him. But we cannot do life well. We cannot be in community well if we are weary in our soul. And that, beautiful women, is your responsibility to work through with God. So there are five ways that I believe that you can walk through weary to hear well done. You don't lose hope, you come to Jesus. You remember what God has done for you. Be strengthened by his word and don't give up. So that's my question. Are you weary? Are you tired? Do you feel alone? Are you bone tired? Do you feel like maybe you've given up hope and you're going, it's never gonna happen? Have you forgotten the power of your story? How Jesus met you? Are you thinking about giving up? Because what God wants you to know is he sees you. The most beautiful part of the story in Mark is at the very end, because this unnamed woman was given a name by Jesus when he turned to her and he looked at her and he said, daughter. 
you are God's daughters. And I believe with all of my heart that for those of you who are weary, that there is hope. There is hope to be found today. For those of you that want to give up, you don't have to give up. You can do hard stuff. You were built for hard stuff. You were made by a God who is Trinitarian and he is in relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is the reason that your soul aches because you are not in relationship with him. The word says that God set eternity in the heart of man. There is nothing that you will ever find in this world, in this life, that is going to fill the hole that God made in you. But God... But God, he wants to fill it. So that's my, that is my question. If you are tired, if you are weary like I have been, I've been weary and I didn't even know what it was. But Jesus, but Jesus. So I wanna invite you to do what that woman did. I wanna invite you to come to and not wait for, but to come to. Because God and I have been talking and I was like, look, if you want me to talk to the women about this, then I expect you to do something to the women. So I've done my part and I'm gonna leave it to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You're here. You're here. And you have brought with you so much. You are faithful to us. You bring hope. You bring life. You bring instruction. You bring courage. You bring it all. You go to the throne of God and the word says that that you moan and you groan for us and then you come back down here so that you can bring what it is that God wants to give to us. So I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that anyone that comes down, Father God, that you would touch them. You do what you do, Holy Spirit. You do what you do. We sang that you are the same God. You are the same God that did, that you were with David, you were with Mary, you were with Joseph, you were with the woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. You are the same and you are here for us. You are here for your daughters. I thank you for your faithfulness, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.